This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. I'm Donna Chavis, and today on Messianic Vision, our very special guest is Art Thomas. Art Thomas is a missionary and evangelist who has trained tens of thousands. That's right. You heard me right. Tens of thousands of people to minister healing in Jesus' name. And Art proclaims and demonstrates that, yes, it's God's desire to heal, and not just in biblical times, but through today's believers, people like you and me. That is very, very, very good news for me. Art's brand new book is called Healing Miracles for Your Family. And he's also prepared a three-CD teaching series, Healing Miracles for Everyone. Well, today's topic is something that affects every person, either directly or indirectly. You're going to hear some fresh revelation today, and frankly and honestly, some of the best teaching I've ever heard on healing. Art, thank you so much for being with us on Messianic Vision today. Yeah, and thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's get started. Why did you write Healing Miracles for Your Family? I think the, the initial motivation started out where I was, you know, I've been traveling around, I'm teaching all over the place, and I would get these questions from people, sometimes long emails of, of you know, the, the deep hurts of the heart saying, you know, my spouse, my son, my daughter, my mother, you know, I'm taking care of this person and they're just not getting better and I've been speaking healing over and over and over. And I even get things from people who say, you know, I minister healing to all these people out on the streets and people in my church and mm -hmm. people in other churches and then my own family, they're still sick. What's the deal? What's the answer? And to be totally honest, I didn't even know the answer. <laughs> I, was just, uh, I was just as uh, dumbfounded as they were. But I went and started searching the scripture. And, and the truth is, like, I've got my own experience with this. You know, I've, I've wrestled with family members uh, struggling with conditions and not getting healed like I thought it was going to happen. And uh, I've even had people die on me. And so you walk away from those things saying, well, what's the deal, God? You know, yes. I've seen, in my case, I've seen over 4,000 miracles in just the last five or six years. And so I, you know, I, I expected it should be normal. And then these people I care about the most, you know, my, my father-in-law's dealing with cancer and my, my grandmother's, uh, you know, had a had a head injury and she's lost movement on one side and and it's like well what what's the deal how do i wrestle through this in a way that's going to actually bring results and keep me from getting discouraged and i realized that you know proverbs says that hope deferred makes the heart mm, sick yes. the longing fulfilled is a tree of life and uh you know sometimes we can teach ourselves from the disappointments we can we can watch those problems happen over and over and over again and I always tell people, if you let yourself be a disciple of disappointment, then all you're going to be able to reproduce is disappointment. Wow, you have yes. to be a disciple of Jesus. Keep your eyes off of all the times when it didn't happen. Uh, Colossians 3 says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. People not being healed is an earthly thing. <laughs> but Jesus is the one above, where Christ is seated in the heavenly realms. Uh, for we are hidden with Christ in God, and that's good news, because if you look up there and you find him, you'll find yourself mm. too. You'll find your identity 
because it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. That is good when news. When you realize that, oh, it's so much easier. <laughs> yes, well, that's excellent news. And, you know, you, you we're talking about families today um, and, you know, everyone that needs uh, healing, but, of course, families here. Um, I wanted to ask you this question. A day in the life at your house. I know um, <laughs> healing is normal there. It's expected even from your children. Uh, just give me a little picture of the day in, a day in the life. Yeah, I'm, and I'm going to be really, really real and raw with you, too. Like, right now, my wife threw her back out, and she's on bed rest upstairs while I'm talking to you. So I, I understand that it's not this utopia where, where we always have the answers and there's always these instant results. That's how it should be, and that's my target because that's how Jesus lived. Uh, so I won't settle for anything less than that. But in just an ordinary day, you know, I've got two little rambunctious boys. One is six years old, one's four and a half, and they wrestle and they push and they hit. <laughs> and, you know, a kid will come up to me. My, my son, Josiah, he ran up to me. I put this in the book. He, he said, Daddy, I hurt my foot. Will you please heal it? I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I laid hands on his foot, foot be healed in Jesus' name. And I said, how's that feel? And he's like, good. Thanks, Dad. He runs <laughs> off and goes and plays. And, uh, you know, that happens with our boys. Sometimes they minister healing to each other. When one of us gets hurt, like my boys last night, they were laying hands on mommy's back, back be healed in Jesus' name. Um, you know, they've had times where we're on the phone, like I'm on a ministry trip and something happened and the boys will minister healing over the phone. So they're, uh, they understand it's part of our culture. And the beautiful thing is more often than not, we do see healing happen. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it's interesting explaining to a four-and-a-half-year-old uh, why, Mommy, we told her to be healed and it hasn't happened yet. So what do we do now? <laughs> yes. That's the stuff we have to wrestle through. Yes, yes. Well, I know you have been healed actually miraculously uh, several times, different things, uh, incurable oh, conditions, yeah. heart murmur, scars on your face uh, from burns, um, sinus infections, allergies, ADHD, uh, all kinds of things, Crohn's disease even. Let me ask you, does this give you a unique perspective on healing ministry? Yeah, honestly, it does. And it's funny, this, this might surprise some people, but I would argue that the unique perspective I have was not found in the fact that I've been healed of so many things, but it's found in the fact that I formed my theology on healing while I was still going through all those things and then found healing on the other side. So I do come from a perspective that says, okay, this works, and I'm not going to back down. I know it's true. Uh, but, like, I had degenerative disc disease and was healed in April 2011. Mm -hmm. uh, Crohn's disease was healed in July 2015. But I started healing ministry in August 2009. So for a year and a half, I watched other people's backs get healed while I was still taking Vicodin and ibuprofen and, you know, 800 milligrams all the time in order to just make it through the day until finally I was healed. And then even still, I'm, I'm preaching at churches, and sometimes it would be I'd be up all night the night before with stomach cramps from the Crohn's disease, or I'm standing there laying hands on other people, and my stomach is twisted in knots. And uh, so to be healed of that now for several years, it's liberating. Mm -hmm. Of course. <laughs> also reminds of course. Me, okay, even when you're going through the storm, he's with you. He will bring you to the other side. You have to persevere. Jesus said, ask and you will receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. So the only way to not receive is to stop asking. Mm -hmm. The only way to mm -hmm. not find is to stop seeking. And the only way that door stays shut is if you stop knocking. Perseverance is biblical 
And if you keep going after it and you trust that it is God's will to heal, Jesus paid for it, he wants it, I guarantee you, you're going to see something happen. Uh, you have to just persevere. You know, that's interesting to me as I listen to you talk about, you know, you experiencing these things, but you were staying in the Word, you were getting more teaching, you were continuing, and the results that you were seeing, whether positive or negative, did not in any instance change what you believed or what you expected. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'll give my parents some credit for that. They, uh, they raised me to believe the Word of God, uh, regardless of what anything else or anyone else says. And so, you know, Scripture is my highest priority. And uh, when I search the Scriptures, I'm, I'm one of those who comes with a million questions. You know, when yeah. I started this <laughs> yeah. thing out, I, I didn't always believe it was God's will to heal. <laughs> that wasn't until 2009, uh, just, just uh, probably a week or so before I saw my first healing. Um, but when I realized Jesus paid for it, I still had all these questions like, you know, what about Job? What about Jacob's limp? What about Paul leaving Trophimus sick in Miletus? What about the, you know, the pool of Bethesda where Jesus only healed one guy? I had a ton of questions. I brought them all to the scripture, all to the Lord. And my biggest fear was I didn't want to have to do a bunch of mental gymnastics and mm-hmm. jump through a bunch of hoops in order mm-hmm. to fit a square peg in a round hole and make it fit. I realized that's what I had been doing. Uh, It actually, you know, this was the face value reading of Scripture, and it was the easiest interpretation, the one with the least problems when you actually look at the life and ministry of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so when I accepted it, I started walking in it and uh, started seeing results even though I wasn't experiencing it yet. And I said, you know, this passes my my litmus test. Uh, You know, I mentioned this in in the CD teaching we did, but Number one, I, I've got to, it's got to agree 100% with Scripture. Number two, it's got to agree 100% with the life and ministry of Jesus. Number three, it's got to agree 100% with the nature of God. And number four, it has to work. And this passed all four tests. Right. I can't back right. down on it now. Well, do you find that, that people these days, I mean, are searching, 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 and the thing that they're searching for is something that works. They want something that that, that uh, works, you know, not just theories and uh, myths and strategies, uh, try this, but they want something that works, and that is one reason okay. that I absolutely love your teaching so much. Let me take you back a few years ago. You told us that you had an encounter where you actually found yourself in heaven. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's happened a few times to me, and there's there's only a couple of them I feel like the Lord's told me I can share, but this is one of them. Uh, you know, I, I found myself in heaven. It was it was a, a vision. I, I'm not sure how deep of a vision it was, but I don't think that's relevant. But I found I just I, I was overwhelmed. I collapsed on my hands and knees, and I'm I'm like on this street that is just beautiful and and reflective. Right? It's what many call the streets of gold, but I'm not even convinced it was gold. Anyhow. I'm looking at my reflection in the road on my hands and knees, and I'm, I, I'm just, like, overwhelmed with the experience. But then I just had this thought, like, and I said it out loud. I said, Jesus, I'm tired of seeing myself. I want to see you. And this was in a time when I was trying to understand my identity in Christ. I didn't know exactly what he had done in my life and, and what that was supposed to mean for me. Mm-hmm. But I said, I'm tired of seeing myself. I want to see you. And there in the reflection, my reflection spoke back, and Jesus said, you do see me. And I realized, you know, this Galatians 2.20 thing is real, that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now, I realize my life is not a perfect expression of Jesus. 
when he looks at me, he sees himself. When I look at me, I, I question sometimes. <laughs> and certainly when my wife looks at me, she knows better. <laughs> but, you know, we're all in this process of yes. reality of what Christ has done on the inside getting displayed and revealed on the outside as we surrender more and more to him. And, uh, and I've discovered over the past several years since that experience, it's true. The more I yield to him, the more I abide in Christ and let his spirit produce through grace, through his working, mm-hmm. his empowering mm-hmm. work, as I let him produce his life through me, we start to see more and more of Jesus. He gets revealed in the earth. And that has practical ramifications uh, as far as, you know, the, the, you know, how I treat my family, how I raise my children, uh, how I am as a husband. Um, but it also has these uh, ministerial ramifications because my mind gets renewed. I know what God's will is. I minister healing in a different way. I don't strive. I don't beg. I don't try to force something. I just trust. And that's what it all comes down to. The whole thing, the Christian life, everything is by grace through faith. It's all about simply trusting Jesus and letting him do the work. Mm -hmm. I do my part and only my part and let him do all the rest. And, you know, I, I hear you saying as you as you yielded to who you were in him and seeing him in you and learning about what he did, you learned that every person that came to Jesus and touched Jesus by faith, they were healed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Art, although you have many thousands of healings and see healings on a regular basis now, you know, there was a time that healing ministry just wasn't working for you. Tell us about that time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was pretty much my whole life growing up. Because um, <laughs> at the time, I, I just believed it was sometimes God's will to heal and sometimes wasn't. And it just so happens every time I try, it wasn't. <laughs> and so I was always struggling with this idea of like, wow, why are, why is it that God will use these other people out there? And well, maybe they have a gift. And I'd been, I'd, I'd prayed for hundreds of people to be healed and never saw anyone get healed. Um but I was like emotionally kind of okay with that because I just figured, well, maybe it wasn't God's will to heal them. And it wasn't until all of a sudden I saw it in the scripture and I couldn't escape it that I said, all right, I, I've got to like step out and do something with this and preached it in my youth group without ever having seen it work. And uh, long story short, ended up ministering healing on accident and saw somebody healed. And from there, it, it just kind of started taking off. Um, something else I've, I've learned is there are these phases I'll go through where it was like from the very beginning, that was August 2009, for about three months, I was seeing almost every single person healed. I was seeing like, I mean, I, I wasn't counting, but something like 90 or 95 percent results. And I thought, wow, this is incredible. And then all of a sudden, after a few months, it just completely shut down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, what mm-hmm. happened was maybe my theology is wrong. Maybe this was a gift. Maybe I did something wrong. Uh, did I grieve the Holy Spirit? You know, so sure. I'm going to the Lord and asking, "What's wrong?" And He said, uh, "You've been asking me to do what I told you to do." Oh, said, oh, wow! So I stepped back into it, and instead of asking God heal this person, I said, "Be healed in Jesus' name," and the person was healed, and the results came back. And I've had five or six experiences with that, where the results shut down, and in every case, I then went to the Lord, just like the disciples did after the epileptic boy wasn't healed. And I say, Lord, if you were here, that would have worked. What's the difference between me and you? And I've realized that healing ministry and really many other things in the Christian life, it's kind of like a dad teaching his kid to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. Like dad's riding, running alongside, holding the thing up, and the little kid is thinking, I'm riding the two-wheeler. This is awesome. 
And then dad lets go and boom, right yes. to the dirt. <laughs> well, <laughs> dad dusts off the kid and says, all right, here's what happened. You got to hold the handlebars straight. Let's try again. And starts running alongside again. And the results come. And the kid's like, I'm riding again. Dad, let's go. You ride a little further. And then all of a sudden you realize you can't stop. <laughs> and you smack into a wall or something. And, uh, and dad picks you up, explains, here's how you stop. We got to work through this. Starts running alongside again. So God runs alongside me many times. And I realize the only way healing's happening is by grace. But then there's these times when he'll let me see where I'm at to take an assessment in how I'm abiding in sonship, how I'm resting in his presence and letting him do the work, how yes. much I'm really trusting him. And I cherish those times. I, 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 let that, I take that to heart. Um, I, I realize that the Lord is actually shaping me, and he disciplines those he loves and, and everyone he receives as a son. That's me. So if, someone, if I try to minister to someone and they don't get healed, I, I smile and I say, all right, I, they can get healed by someone else five seconds later because anybody can do that. So it's not bad to them. But for me, I step back and smile and I say, all right, I'm a son. My father loves me. He's teaching me something. God, mm -hmm. what do you want to teach me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to, right before we go to break, I would love to talk about uh, formula as opposed to just actual basic steps. You said uh, yeah. so much of the time you were praying, begging, bartering, you know, all these things in uh, like a formula, trying to make a formula work for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, it, and the sad thing is it, it kind of like it compounds on itself. Like you lay hands on somebody and maybe somebody way back when got healed when we, you know, anointed them with oil and, and quoted a few scripture verses. And, you know, I, I like to say bad healing practices come from one of two places, either prideful people receiving healing or prideful people ministering healing. The prideful mm. people who received healing will point to all the things they did to get healed and tell you you have to do the same things in order to get healed because they think it was their effort. And so they'll say, you've got to quote this scripture five times a day, and you've got to you know, uh, claim these promises. And there's nothing wrong with doing those things, but you have to realize you're not going to twist God's arm into healing. He's already convinced, and he wants you to experience his love. And the only way that's going to happen is if you don't fight for it and you just receive the gift that he's giving you. Yes. The prideful people who ministered healing will tell you all the things they did to get the healing to work. And so we've, these things have grown over the years. It's like first we laid hands, then we started speaking commands, and then we started begging, and then we start quoting every verse we know. Then we're trying to you know, push power out of our arm and shaking the person a little so they know it's a holy prayer. And <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of all of it, but I kind of am. I, I want us to see it's so simple. Jesus said these signs will accompany those who believe, and the last sign was they'll lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Shall recover. He didn't even say you have to say anything. You can, because we know from his example you can, but you don't have to. You can just put your hand there. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I, I've learned to just rest. It's not about a method. It's about the man Christ Jesus. There is, however, a pattern, and you see it throughout Scripture. The pattern is you minister healing, you test it out, and then there's kind of this flow chart where you go one of two directions after you test it. If you're healed, yay God. If you're not, cycle back, minister healing, test it out. And again, if you're healed, yay God. If you're not, cycle back, minister healing, test it out. And so whatever that ministry looks like, whether it's laying hands, speaking a word of command, of authority, um, you know, the handkerchiefs and aprons that touch Paul's body, Peter's shadow, whatever it is that ministers the healing, afterward, have the person test it out if they can. 
If they can't test it now, they can test it later. Same pattern, it just takes longer. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, you're listening to Messianic Vision, and our guest today is Art Thomas. Sid and I want to encourage you to be sure and get this very powerful resource. It's Art's brand new book, Healing Miracles for Your Family, and his three-CD teaching series, Healing Miracles for Everyone. Now, I know that some suggest that it's harder to minister to your own family members, but when we come back, Art will share practical tools and mindsets that will help you contend for your loved one's healing. Please stay with us. Have you ever asked questions like these? Why hasn't God healed me? Why are my prayers ineffective when I ask God to heal others? Art Thomas is a missionary evangelist who has trained tens of thousands to minister healing in Jesus' name worldwide. Now, Art wants to teach you everything God has downloaded to him so you too can minister healing to others. I lived the first 25 years of my life seeking miracles, believing in miracles, but never actually seeing it. I decided, all right, I'm going after this thing, and I started to see miracles. Call now and get Art Thomas' brand new book, Healing Miracles for Your Family, plus his three-part audio CD teaching, Healing Miracles for Everyone, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience, yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9475. In his brand new book, Art Thomas will teach you practical principles for overcoming the unique challenges of receiving your own miracle and ministering healing to the people you love. Through this book, you will learn how to overcome unhealthy motivations, emotions, and concerns. How to seek God for a miracle without wearing yourself out. Understand that Jesus paid the price for you and your loved one's healing. Know for sure that Jesus wants you and your loved ones to be healed even more than you do. Learn how to contend for your miracle, healing, or breakthrough. Find out how to partner with God for your own healing and for that of others. I've seen thousands of miracles over the last few years alone and it's through ordinary believers doing the things Jesus said they would do. He said, greater works than these you will do because I'm going to the Father. Through his anointed three-part audio CD teaching, you will learn about receiving and ministering supernatural healing. On disc one, Healing is God's Will, you will be taught a biblical overview of God's will to heal, including answers to common objections. On disc two, Healing Ministry Made Simple, you will understand how to simplify healing ministry so that you can participate with confidence and faith and see results. On disc three, Maturing in Healing Ministry, you will receive power insights about growing your relationship with Jesus and witnessing greater results than ever before. Art Thomas prays for you on each CD for God to heal you and for you to receive the anointing to successfully pray for others to receive their healing. I've seen people uh, step up and say, you know, I've been believing for this miracle for 50 years and nothing's ever happened and now I'm seeing it. If you could just sit under this teaching, I won't guarantee it, but God guarantees it. God says those who believe in the name of Jesus will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That sounds like a guarantee to me. So his brand new book, Healing Miracles for Your Family, and our exclusive three CD set, Healing Miracles for Everyone. I want you to be normal. Uh, normal is defined by the Bible. Don't miss out on getting Art Thomas' brand new book, Healing Miracles for Your Family, plus his three-part audio CD teaching, Healing Miracles for Everyone, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9475. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39. 
Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9475 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We're back with our guest, Art Thomas, today on Messianic Vision. And Art, you were talking about the, the different ways that people pray and the formulas that they try to use and what they do and pushing power out their arms and all kinds of things like that. So we know that it it's not a formula, but you say that there are some basic steps. Can you tell us, just give us a few basic steps that, that you have found to be absolute truth? Absolutely. And what I do is I call this the default. Like the, the Holy Spirit leading us is always able to trump this. But as far as the default, when I'm not sure what the Lord's saying and I, I don't feel like I have a word from God, I still have my standing orders to go in Jesus' name. And so the default is simple. You First of all, don't, don't beg or ask God to do what he told you to do. In Matthew 10, 8, Jesus said, heal the sick. So we have to start there with the premise that he told me to do it. Now, I know and he knows I can't do it in my own strength. Uh, John 15, 5, Jesus also said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So when Jesus said, heal the sick, he knew they couldn't do it apart from him, and he knew you couldn't do it apart from him, but it's still your job to step out and do something. So what you do is you just lay hands on the person if they'll let you. I've been in a few places where people just were a little weirded out by that. So I said, no problem. I don't even have to touch you. Jesus ministered long distance to the centurion's servant through a word of authority, right? So, so first, don't beg or ask God to heal the person. It's your job. Number two, lay hands on the person if they'll let you. Number three, if you feel led, speak a word of command on behalf of Jesus. This isn't necessary. It's allowed, though. Uh, uh, Luke 9.1, Jesus gave his disciples power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So authority is one of the tools that he's given us, and you can speak in Jesus' name. Your authority is not based on the volume of your voice. It's just based on the fact that according to Ephesians 2.6, we are seated on the throne with Christ. And then after that, if the person is able to test their condition somehow, have them do it. And if the person's healed, like I said, yay God, praise God. If not, just do it again. Keep going at it uh, as many times as the person will let you or as many times as you will go without getting discouraged. If you get to a point where you realize you're striving in your own effort and you can't bounce back, what I do is I just look the person in the eye and I mm -hmm. say, hey, listen, if Jesus was standing here, you'd be healed by now. Instead, you got me. <laughs> I'm still learning to be like him. But uh, I know he wants you healed. So keep seeking it. Keep going to other believers to lay hands on you and minister to you. Um, and, and just keep trusting Jesus. He loves you. And so they get an, even a little mini gospel presentation, too, if you, you can even mention, sure. you know, he paid the price for it sure. with blood, the same price he paid for your forgiveness. He loves you. And I've seen that work so many times. Wow. Well, I think that last two minutes of teaching that, that most people just heard is, is worth a lot. So thank you for that. You know, something that I love, Art, that, that I have read that you said, you're not interested in sharing just a bunch of theories that don't actually help people. But what you want to give them is practical tools and mindsets that will help them to actually contend for their, their family's healing. Let's talk about some of the ones that, that you have actually experienced in your own family. Uh, what about your, your wife, your wife's nose? What happened? <laughs> yeah, well, that, that one wasn't even me, but it's how I raised my kids. I mean, my, my boys were playing in the living room and my wife was sitting on the edge of the couch with her elbows on her knees. 
and my oldest was right underneath her and stood up really fast. I, I think he was only three or three or four at the time, and popped her right in the nose. And I mean, it was it was graphic. There was blood gushing, and it was it was bad. And my two-year-old Jeremiah runs up to her before, and I, I was just in the next room and still stunned. Jeremiah runs up and says, "Mommy, you okay?" And before she could even answer, he puts his hand up on her face and says, "Nose be healed, Jesus' name." And instantly the bleeding stopped, all the pain stopped. My wife, like, wiped her face, and she was like, what just happened? And we had even heard a loud pop when his head hit her. So, I mean, for all we know, we thought it was broken. Mm -hmm. And then there's no sign of a broken nose. She was totally healed. Um, and that was through a two-year-old. You know, you don't. it's not these signs will accompany those who believe when they're old enough and have credentials. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, it's uh, those who believe, period. Exactly. You know what? That makes me think about um, the childlike faith that is spoken of sometimes because they believe it and they expect it. And they, I mean, their faith oh, yeah. is in the fact that, that they believe that it's going to happen. So maybe I'll just, can, yep. can I call your little boy the next time that I need, <laughs> the next time that I need <laughs> no something? <problem. laughs> Jeremiah, please. <laughs> uh, tell me about um, the preterm labor that was actually stopped. Now, this is also something uh, that you guys experienced, uh, that your wife actually experienced, correct? Yeah, she was 24 weeks along with Jeremiah, the, the littlest guy. And um, our first one had been born, uh, Josiah, he was born five and a half weeks premature. And so, you know, she was already prone to this kind of thing, but not this early. And so she called me up while I was at the grocery store and said, Art, I'm in labor. And I said, how sure are you? She said, well, I know what labor feels like, and this is it. I said, how far apart are the contractions? And if I remember right, I think she said they were like five minutes apart. So I just left my shopping cart in the middle of the aisle and took off running. And I'm in the car driving. I've got about a 15-minute drive. And I'm starting to, to emotionally freak out. Uh, I'm, I'm all worked up. I'm sobbing, tears flowing down my face. And I said, God, I can't do this. I'm not strong enough. And as soon as I said that, I heard his voice in my spirit say, this is what I meant when I said, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Mm. All of a sudden, this peace hit me. And I was like, oh, my goodness. He was just waiting for me to admit I can't do it. <laughs> and so I drove the rest of the way in peace. I think it was another five minutes, still speeding because I, I wanted to, you know, be, be wise about the situation. And I get there to, my, to our driveway, and I, I hurried into the house, and my wife is standing there in the kitchen um, with her, like, backwards with her hands on the counter, and she's having another contraction. And I just speed walked up to her, knelt down on the ground, put my hands on her belly. Mm -hmm. And I said, contraction, stop right now in Jesus' name, just peacefully. And instantly that one stopped. Now, I still wanted to be smart about this. So we grabbed the overnight bag. We hurried into the car and uh, took off for the hospital. And we were actually, where we live, we're about a half hour away from the hospital. So we're driving. And she had, I think, two, maybe three more contractions that were further and further apart. And by the time we arrived at the hospital, they had completely stopped. And so she went in, they did all kinds of tests, and they said, "There's, we have no idea what happened. There's no, sign, no sign that you were in labor or anything like that. Um, so everything tests fine, and you should be fine. Just take it easy. <laughs> so Jesus does it. And, and I also like to encourage people, that's proof that you know, seeking medical intervention or making sure things are safe, that's not going to disqualify you for a miracle. Right. Right. Um, Jesus, Jesus will meet you right in the midst of all that. I think a lot of people uh, may feel some condemnation in that area. What do you say to that? Mm -hmm. 
first of all, James said in uh, uh, James 5, he said, Is any one of you sick? He should go to the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he's sinned, he'll be forgiven. Now, the first thing we see here is the only, only, only responsibility on a sick person in Scripture is to go to other believers to minister to them. Uh, and I should say this, nowhere does Scripture forbid you from ministering healing to yourself. I get that question all the time. Ah. Well, fine, I've done it a number of times, right? But the good news is it also doesn't prescribe it, which means if you're trying to minister to healing to yourself and you're not seeing results, you don't have to feel bad because it was never your responsibility anyway. Mm -hmm. Your responsibility is to go to other believers and have them minister to you. Well, then James says that you're supposed to have them anoint you with oil and pray over you. Now, we've made anointing with oil into a, a ceremony of sorts, and, and God bless it. If someone asks me to you know, anoint them with oil, I'll do it. I don't have a problem with it. The problem, though, is we sometimes treat the oil like a, a Pentecostal magic potion or something, like, like this is, has some mystical power. Um, but it says the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, not the oil. So what's the oil about? You know, I started looking this up in some commentaries, and I've, just reading them, I found out, oh, oil was used for medicinal purposes back then. In fact, you don't even need the commentaries to tell you that. All you got to do is read the story of the Good Samaritan, and you see that the, the Samaritan comes along and anoints the man's wounds with oil and wine, bandages him up, takes him on his donkey. That wasn't, you know, healing ministry per se. Mm -hmm. That was just doctoring mm -hmm. his wounds. Mm -hmm. So what I take out of the James Scripture is, other mature believers, that's what's meant by elders, they should, have, they should carry the responsibility because they should know how to do this. Our job as mature believers is to, first of all, care for the sick, and then to, while we care for them, minister to them, or maybe vice versa, while we minister to them, care for them. Mm -hmm. This can have short-term results, or short-term meaning and long-term meaning. Short-term meaning is I'm going to be gentle with people. I'm going to, be, I'm going to look people in the eye and be friendly and put them at ease. I don't have to, you know, shake them and, and shout and scare them, especially when it's kids, you know. They get freaked out. So give them a good experience with your healing ministry. If they're in pain, let them sit down. They don't have to be sure. standing while you're sure. ministering, you know. But also the long-term stuff. Um, in Matthew 25, Jesus, he's, he talks about the final judgment, and he, he gives this parable about separating sheep from goats. And he didn't say, I was sick and you healed me. He said, I was sick and you cared for me. Hmm. And that, that means a lot to me, because that tells me when I stand before the Lord at the end, I'm not going to have to answer for whether or not I ever healed the sick, but I will have to answer for whether or not I loved. When yes. Paul taught about love in 1 Corinthians 13, he said, if I've got faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. And just a few verses later, he said, love never fails. In Paul's mind, if the miracle happens, but I don't love, I've failed. But if I love, regardless of what happens, I didn't fail. I did exactly what I was supposed to. I, I revealed the heart of God. And so as people who are wrestling through this stuff, trying to become more like Jesus, trying to see the 100% the results that Jesus saw, uh, our, our first and foremost responsibility is to love. You know, the people that Jesus said, I never knew you, were the ones who pointed at their miracles to justify themselves in his presence. Yes. That's not what does it. So let's, let's go after the miracle, but first and foremost, let's go after the God of the miracle, the God who is love, and let Christ be formed in us. Um, don't hold back on ministering healing in the midst of it, but just realize, like, that's the priority. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm always drawn to your teaching, Art, because 
you say that healing ministry is actually simple. And I see so much sometimes, uh, you know, confusion and strife and everything in it and, and just all the things you're talking about. But you're talking about peace and um, ministering to people in, in comfort and peace and not shouting and, and all these things. Healing ministry is actually simple is what you say. And you gave the example even when the beggar came to Peter and was asking for, he, well, he was asking for money. But Peter didn't have any money. So what did he do? What I have, I give you, right? Yes. And Jesus had said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, drive out demons. Freely you've received, now freely give. It's actually our responsibility to give the grace that we've received. Um, Peter, when he's talking about gifts of the Spirit, he said that you are faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Uh, another version says that we are stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So our job is to actually be the distributors of God's grace through, through proclaiming the gospel, through ministering healing, through working miracles, through prophetic words. All that stuff is expressing and revealing and handing out the grace of God to people. Mm -hmm. Freely you've received, now freely give. Um, one of the problems we've run into is that, you know, just through well-meaning people not knowing any better, We've taught faith uh, in a way that's kind of brought some confusion. We've equated faith with certainty, or we've equated faith with belief. But those are slightly different things. Like, you know, faith is, is trusting a person. I have faith in my wife. I trust that she's a good mother. The, now, that trust is just internal, but faith is the evidence of the external. So there, there has to be an action. James said, faith without works is dead. So the evidence of my trust, the actual act of faith, is that I travel around the world preaching the gospel and let my wife take care of my kids. Yes. I'm, I'm actively entrusting to her my children. That is faith. Um, and so there are times when we have all the certainty in the world and we have the belief right, but if I believe my wife's a good mother with all my heart, and I'm absolutely certain, but I spend all my time hovering over her shoulder, micromanaging everything she does, that's not faith. I'm not actually entrusting anything to her. Um, now, the good news about that is the flip side is also true. What if I believe my wife's a terrible mother and she's not going to take good care of my kids and they're going to grow up to be criminals, but I still choose to entrust my kids to her and I go on a trip? What did I just do? That was an act of faith. So sometimes we analyze all the internal stuff and we're waiting for faith to come alive before we will act. But if faith without works is dead then faith isn't going to come alive until you act. So faith is the act of active trust, and that's where we have to settle it on. It's got to be a, a, just a peaceful, Jesus has this, I'm not going to force it, I'm not going to strive, it's not my effort, it's all his effort, he paid for it, it's done, it is finished. It is simple. <laughs> right. Wow. The way you say it, it is definitely simple. Let me ask you this question, because we talked about um, right before we went to break, we said we were going to talk about ministering to your families. Why do many seem to have fewer results when they're actually ministering to their families? <laughs> I know this is not the kind answer, but the answer I always want to give is because we ask that question. <laughs> uh. I like to say that the, the, the discrepancy only exists between our own ears. If we think that it's harder to minister healing to family, then we will approach ministry to family differently than we approach ministry to a stranger. And it's hard because we love these people and we don't necessarily know the stranger. You know, there's, there's a certain emotional 
barrier with strangers that Mm -hmm. it's like, I never have to see this person again. But with family, it's like, gosh, I really hope this works. But as soon as we think, I really hope this works, what we're really saying is, I don't think it will. (laughs) And so it's, there's, there's some obstacles we have to overcome that do exist between our own ears, mm-hmm. which does make it more difficult. But it's again, it's all inside our head. If we can get our mind renewed and realize, oh, wait, this person, Jesus loves them just as much as he loves the person on the street. Yes. Jesus loves my, my wife, my child, my husband, my spouse, whatever. Uh, my, Jesus loves this person so much, and he loves me so much that he wants to use me to do it. I can rest. And so sometimes, you know, with, with kind of like my immediate family, my wife, my kids, they get it. You know, our culture is be healed Jesus' name, tested out. Yes. But when I'm ministering, say, to my sister or my aunt or someone who doesn't live with me and is not part of that immediate context or some, some family member who's not even a Christian, I generally have to explain things to them. I say, listen, I understand that I have no power to do anything. Peter said, you know, why do you look at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? It's Jesus' name, the faith that comes through him, right? Mm -hmm. So I Mm -hmm. I say, I know I don't have the ability to do anything. What I do have is Jesus, and I know he can do it. I know he wants it, and I'm going to give it my best shot, but there's something I've learned. I've learned that if I strive and try and pray a fancy flowery prayer, it's much less likely to happen than if I just rest and trust him to do it simply. And so I'm going to minister to you, but just understand, it's not going to look particularly compassionate, and it's not because I don't care about you. It's because I want you healed, and I know this is the thing mm-hmm. that's most likely mm-hmm. to bring the result. And I, I just put my hand on him. I say, be healed. Test it out. Many times it works. What about if you know someone? Where does judging someone on their merit come in? How does that play into that oh, if you know somebody? Goodness. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we do it both ways. We'll judge them as, you know, this person doesn't deserve it, or we'll judge them as this person does deserve it. And in either case, what we're doing is we've got our eyes off of the merit of Jesus and onto the merit of people. And so, you know, the person doesn't deserve it. It's like, you know, you minister to someone who has diabetes on the street, you know, whatever. But when it's your cousin who's got diabetes, you're like, you need to lay off the Twinkies. And so thinking to yourself, all these things that have to change in their life before God's allowed to heal them. And and it just doesn't work that way. The other thing we'll do is we'll say things like, you know, things that I would be wrestling with right now if I didn't know better. I could be saying, Jesus, my wife is such a wonderful person. She's taking care of her kids. She's raising them so well, you know, and right now her back hurts and I, I just want her healed. And my eyes are off of Jesus's merit and onto her merit as though that's what's going to convince God. Mm-hmm. So Jesus did all the work. All we have to do is focus on him. It doesn't matter. The thing is, nobody deserves it. The only thing we deserve, the wages of sin is death, right? Um, wages are earned. But the gift of God, the gift that wasn't earned is eternal life. And that, that has ramifications for our eternity, but also for the here and now spiritually, but also physically. Uh, he wants to bring life to us. He, uh, he came that we may have life and that more abundantly. You know, Art, there's just one other thing that you talk about in, in that situation that I want to for everyone to hear before we go to break. Um, you mentioned misapplied compassion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've experienced a lot of situations where my feelings of compassion stood in the way of my faith. So I became so deeply moved by a person's condition that I felt like, oh boy, I need to take this one seriously, right? Now, 
The result, though, is I inadvertently implied this one isn't going to be healed unless I take it seriously. And so that's not faith in Jesus. That's faith in my seriousness, right? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I was believing that my intensity, my passion, my focus, my whatever merit was going to be the thing that moved God and brought the miracle. It's not about that. It's all about Jesus. He paid the price. Keep your focus there. You're good. Yes. Amen. Well, we've been talking with Art Thomas, and his brand new book is Healing Miracles for Your Family. This resource also includes a three-CD teaching series, Healing Miracles for Everyone. Well, here's a question for you. Should people stop taking medications when they're praying for healing? Art's going to be back with us in just a moment after the break, and he's going to talk about that and much more. We'll be right back. Have you ever asked questions like these? Why hasn't God healed me? Why are my prayers ineffective when I ask God to heal others? Art Thomas is a missionary evangelist who has trained tens of thousands to minister healing in Jesus' name worldwide. Now, Art wants to teach you everything God has downloaded to him so you too can minister healing to others. I lived the first 25 years of my life seeking miracles, believing in miracles, but never actually seeing it. I decided, all right, I'm going after this thing, and I started to see miracles. Call now and get Art Thomas' brand new book, Healing Miracles for Your Family, plus his three-part audio CD teaching, Healing Miracles for Everyone, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience, yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9475. In his brand new book, Art Thomas will teach you practical principles for overcoming the unique challenges of receiving your own miracle and ministering healing to the people you love. Through this book, you will learn how to overcome unhealthy motivations, emotions, and concerns. How to seek God for a miracle without wearing yourself out. Understand that Jesus paid the price for you and your loved one's healing. Know for sure that Jesus wants you and your loved ones to be healed even more than you do. Learn how to contend for your miracle, healing, or breakthrough. Find out how to partner with God for your own healing and for that of others. I've seen thousands of miracles over the last few years alone. And it's through ordinary believers doing the things Jesus said they would do. He said, greater works than these you will do because I'm going to the Father. Through his anointed three-part audio CD teaching, you will learn about receiving and ministering supernatural healing. On disc one, Healing is God's Will, you will be taught a biblical overview of God's will to heal, including answers to common objections. On disc two, Healing Ministry Made Simple, you will understand how to simplify healing ministry so that you can participate with confidence and faith and see results. On disc three, Maturing in Healing Ministry, you will receive powerful insights about growing your relationship with Jesus and witnessing greater results than ever before. Art Thomas prays for you on each CD for God to heal you and for you to receive the anointing to successfully pray for others to receive their healing. I've seen people uh, step up and say, you know, I've been believing for this miracle for 50 years and nothing's ever happened and now I'm seeing it. If you could just sit under this teaching, I won't guarantee it, but God guarantees it. God says those who believe in the name of Jesus will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That sounds like a guarantee to me. So his brand new book, Healing Miracles for Your Family, and our exclusive three CD set, Healing Miracles 
for everyone. I want you to be normal. Uh, normal is defined by the Bible. Don't miss out on getting Art Thomas' brand new book, Healing Miracles for Your Family, plus his three-part audio CD teaching, Healing Miracles for Everyone, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9475. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9475 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Well, we're back with our special guest today, Art Thomas. And Art, right before we went to break, we said to uh, uh, pose a question to a lot of our listeners. Should people stop taking medications when they're praying or contending for healing? I know there's, there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of controversy over that sometimes. What do you say? Oh, yeah, and you'll remember what I said earlier about, you know, when, when somebody has had results with something, they'll tell you, this is what I did, therefore that's what you have to do. Yes. So I know there are stories out there of people who quit their medication and they got healed afterward. That just, that doesn't, you can't make a theology out of that. That's just something that happens. The, the reality is, I, I like to say, I think doctors are a lot closer to the heart of God than many Christians are, because doctors always treat sickness as an enemy, and sometimes yes. we think it's our friend. But, uh, you know, doctors do a great job at uh, especially uh, maintaining quality of life and length of life while we're still seeking the miracle that Jesus purchased. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I've again, if we're going to use experience, I've experienced also many times in my life and in other people's lives where medication is still being taken and the healing happens in the midst of it. And so you didn't break anything. The, the, the irony is that taking medication is actually only compatible with the belief that God wants to heal. Mm. If you don't believe that God wants to heal everybody and that he didn't heal you because it's his will for you to have this condition, then why are you taking medication? Why are you getting surgery in order to fix sure. the problem? Isn't that going against God's will? Sure. <laughs> but if you believe it is God's will for me to be whole uh, and the, the miracle hasn't happened yet, then it makes sense to try to fight this thing any way you possibly can because God wants you well no matter how it happens. Amen. Um, obviously, miracles are cheaper, and they're a lot yeah. easier, <laughs> less painful, and no side effects. But, you know, Jesus will meet us where we're at and, and work with our faith where it's at, and there's nothing wrong with taking medication. Uh, he'll heal you in the, midst, in the midst of it. There's no such thing as a medication that is more powerful than Jesus. Wow. Wow. Well, I certainly believe that. And, you know, I like what you were talking about, um, the olive oil. And I think people, people get it in their head sometimes that uh, that's more like a ritual or a formula, anoint with oil, pray for the sick, and, you know, they'll be healed. But it wasn't necessarily like that in biblical times. Yeah, it was used medicinally. It was used to, to soothe a person. It was caring. It was part of that caring we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Art, at this time, you know, I just, with all this great teaching on healing, with, with um, uh, everything that we've been talking about, with the caring and with the speaking in Jesus' name and believing in our faith, would you just speak to the people and pray for the people that are listening today? Absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm even feeling in my spirit like there are a lot of people listening, a lot of you listening right now. You're feeling hope for the first time. And I, I want you to understand, Jesus really does want you well. And, and I'm going to minister to you, but again, like, it's not going to take a bunch of fancy words. I'm not going to make it cr anything crazy out of this. 
I do want to pray first, though, and this is my prayer. Lord, I pray that for any person listening, whether they need healing themselves, whether they have someone in their life who needs healing, I pray that your spirit would bring a renewal of the mind in Jesus' name, that what we've talked about today, would, would, that these seeds of truth would be planted in their heart, that there would be a freedom from striving, a freedom from guilt, a freedom from condemnation, and that every person listening would be able to just rest in you, know your peace, know your love, and receive from you. I thank you, Jesus, that you raised the dead, and dead people don't have to figure out how to receive. I thank you that they don't have to figure out how to have faith. All they have to do is be dead. And for any person right now listening who needs healing of any kind, you don't have to figure out how to receive. You don't have to figure out anything. Just rest. And right now, in Jesus' name, I speak to your body. Be completely whole right now. And I just feel led specifically by the Spirit to speak to some specific things. So I tell cancer to get out. I curse every tumor, every cancerous cell in Jesus' name. And I tell you to shrivel up right now, disappear, never come back. Arthritis, get out. New cartilage, grow in Jesus' name. Uh, eyes, blind eyes, open up right now in Jesus' name. And I know this is strange for a podcast, but I even feel led to minister to deaf ears. So if you've got someone near you, feel free to, you know, just lay hands on them or something. It may scare them, but <laughs> be gentle. But it, right now, in Jesus' name, I tell deaf ears to open up. Open up now. Jesus loves you. Hopefully that's the per first thing they got to hear. Jesus, I thank you for all the miracles you're doing. I thank you that I don't have to call out these conditions and name them in order for someone to be healed. But right now, in Jesus' name, every person who's needed healing, if you can test it now, I want you to try to do something you couldn't do. Be safe about it. Don't injure yourself, but, but try to move. Try to do something that, was, that you were unable to do before. If you're healed, uh, I'd love if you emailed me or emailed the show. Just let someone know. Tell somebody about it. Thank God for it. Worship him with it. If it's only partial, I want you to just lay hands on yourself again and just speak to it again in Jesus' name. Be healed right now. Test it out again. And then if, if, as far as you can tell, you can't notice anything has changed. That doesn't change anything about how God sees you. You've done everything right. There's no weight of responsibility on you. My job is to minister in Jesus' name, and that's also the rest of the body of Christ's job. So just keep seeking it. Keep going to people to minister to you. Jesus wants it. He paid for it. He's not giving up. He's been going after this thing for 2,000 years, and he deserves for you to be healed. Wow. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, for all of you that are listening, please, yes, uh, you can uh, get in touch with us here at the program Messianic Vision or with Art, and, uh, and please share your testimonies with us. Art, if we've been praying for someone, whether it's our family members or someone else, and we've been praying and praying and we pray for them every day, is there a point where it's, it's too much or uh, how much is too much? Yeah. Well, it, it can be. Um, you know, I, was, I was teaching on healing. I think I was in Indiana, if I remember right. But there was a husband and wife who both had severe health issues. And I, when I do healing ministry meetings, I have everybody in the church minister to each other because everybody can do it. And we see lots of miracles happen. Well, this couple, they'd had three or four people minister to them, and nothing had happened yet as far as they could tell. I mean, they had arthritis in their knees. They couldn't walk. They had a, a handful of issues. And they, the husband looked at me and said, all right, give me some long-term stuff here. Like, how much is too much? Am I supposed to quit my job and lay hands on my wife until she's healed every day and just, you know, be healed, tested out all day long? Like, what, where, 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 
have the breakdown here. I said, okay, first things first, you have to realize that if we go into this thinking, what's the long-term process, then we've already failed. Mm. <laughs> we're already at a spot where we expect it's going to take forever. Instead, we have to decide that every time I minister healing, this is the most likely time this person's going to be healed because this is the time when I'm laying hands on them. So I always have to go into it with a now is the day of salvation mindset and, and expect it right here, right now, and always have the person tested out. The second part, though, is a very real real issue. You know, what is the contingency plan? What, it, what do we do if it's been weeks, months, yes. years, and the person's still not healed yet? Well, now we start getting into, uh, first of all, rest in ourselves. We have to continue to not strive. It's really hard to keep from doing that. But second of all, realize there's, there's ministering healing takes many forms. Like you look at Peter's shadow healed people. So, and that didn't mean his literal physical shadow, like he had a solar-powered healing anointing, like, mm-hmm. sorry, guys, it's cloudy today, you're out of luck. <laughs> but, you know, it was, it was really just getting into proximity of Peter. Well, if you're living in the same house as this person, if it's husband and wife, you're sleeping right next to each other, well, guess what? There's, there is this residual effect, passive healing ministry mm-hmm. that can take place. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the handkerchiefs and aprons that touched Paul's skin. Well, what happens when you're folding the laundry? for your chronically ill child or whatever? What happens when you're changing their bed sheets? If you're doing it in faith and you're expecting that the resident power of God mm-hmm. that resides in you mm-hmm. is going to rub off on some of their stuff, then yeah, that stuff can, can chase demons away like it did in Acts 19. And so I just tell people there's the passive side of healing ministry that can happen just because we abide in Christ. And the beautiful thing, there's two stories in Scripture that are kind of combined into one. That's Jairus' daughter who was sick and then died, and then the woman with the issue of blood who touched the hem of Jesus' garment while yes. he was on his way to go minister to this girl. And in both cases, one, we've got the woman with the issue of blood. Here's a case where the person ministering was completely oblivious to the fact that he was ministering right. until it happened. Right. I felt power go out right. of me. The second one, the dead girl, was completely oblivious to the being ministered to. So you don't even have to both be aware that you're ministering. Just, you know, if you're the sick person, just start thinking, okay, all I have to do is touch the body of Christ, right? And and that's his body right there. My, my spouse or my sister or my brother or mm-hmm. whoever it is that cares mm-hmm. for me, that's a Christian. That person, they, they've got the, the blood of Jesus taking care of their, their life. Like, if I touch them, I'm touching his body, First uh, Corinthians 6 says that your bodies are members of Christ himself. So we're not even just talking the metaphor of we're the body of Christ, but in a very literal sense, our physical bodies are physical extensions of Jesus. And if you touch me, you're touching Jesus. You touch, and that's the other thing, you don't have to chase me down. You don't have to get to some <laughs> meeting I'm at. Just grab the shirt sleeve of the person who sits next to you in church every week. They're just as much his body as I am. Yes. So just seek him, seek Jesus. If you're the one ministering, Realize, if I'm in faith, if I'm trusting Jesus and just letting him pour out, it's going to happen. So then when it comes to the active healing ministry, now it's simple. It's just whenever I feel led or whenever the sick person asks me or whenever I just want to. But there's no uh, stipulation on that. So, you know, it could be two or three weeks goes by since I said be healed in Jesus' name. But that's fine because my mindset is always I'm ministering healing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Wow. Oh, my goodness. Um, so ministering actively and purposefully when we when we pray or lay hands on people, but also trusting in that atmosphere that that the Holy Spirit produces in our home or in our church or with our neighbors or with our family. Um, I, 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 you know, we hear so much here, Art. We really do, and we're so thankful and and blessed to be able to hear so much wonderful teaching. I have never heard that before, uh, so I appreciate that. Um, you know, of, of looking at your brother or your sister, they are part of the body of Jesus, the part of the body of Christ. So if we can touch them, if we can. Uh, that's just amazing to me. So I really appreciate that. I know, uh, I, I hope everyone listening has gotten the same uh, revelation out of that that I have, but I just think that's very powerful. Art, thank you so, so much for that great teaching. I'm sure everybody is being blessed by that that's hearing the program today. Uh, you, you know, you were just telling me about a trip that you came back from Brazil and the amazing things that happened there. Yeah, um, I mean, it was the last day of the trip, and I was speaking to a, a big crowd of a, a couple hundred people, maybe 250. Uh, and, and so while I was teaching them on healing ministry, it finally came to a point where first I felt uh, something in my right shin. And so I said, is there anyone who's got a problem right here in their shin? And, of course, this is all being translated, so it just takes long. But this guy limps up from about halfway back in this big church, and uh, everybody watches the guy limp. And he gets up to the front. I said, what's your problem? And he said, uh, I have pain and numbness uh, all the way down from my knee to, my, uh, to the tips of my toes, really. And I said, okay. And I had just taught them exactly what I've been sharing with you on this, this program. I said, all right, I'm not even going to force anything. And while I'm talking to them, I've got my hand on his shoulder. So I keep talking to them, telling them what I'm about to do. And I said, and you know what you all didn't realize is I just laid hands on him. And I, I wasn't even paying attention, but I don't have to pay attention. My job is just to lay hands. Jesus' job is to pay attention. And so I said, test out your, your leg. How's it doing? And he walked away from me without limping and came back, and he said, I just feel the slightest little bit. And I said, you know, that's beautiful. Jesus ministered to a blind man, said, what do you see? He said, I see people like trees walking around. Jesus didn't say, yay, partial healing. He put his hands back on the man's eyes, and then his vision was fully restored. So while I'm telling them that, I've got my hand on his shoulder again. And so I said, all right, I, I just laid hands on you, test it out again. The guy walked about 10 feet away and turned around and started, he was an older guy, started jumping up and down and jogging in place and ran back to his seat. So that was great. Well, then we had everybody in the room minister to each other. And uh, after two or three times, and we're taking all kinds of testimonies and people are raising their hands, saying they're healed. Uh, eventually I came to a point where I said, is there anyone here who is not healed yet? And, uh, and we'd had probably about 40 healings by now. And one lady raised her hand. I said, just the one. Is there anybody else, anyone else who's not healed yet? And ho hopefully it was translated correctly, but <laughs> nobody else raised their hand. So I had the woman come forward, and uh, she said she had eye problems. She couldn't see far away. It all got blurry. So I put my hands over her eyes, and now... I'm having the people minister to each other one more time just to, you know, pray for each other so that they're not putting any pressure on this lady. I'm trying to do this discreetly, and honestly, in my flesh, I'm kind of doing it because if it doesn't work, I don't want to put a damper at the very end of this. Yes, yeah. <laughs> just being honest on that. But my translator starts translating what I'm saying in the microphone, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, well, Jesus, this better work. 
put uh, put my hands on her eyes, open up right now, and she looks around. I think it was the second or third time I laid hands on her, and she starts reading the words on the screen uh, that was, you know, 50 feet away, just blown away that she could see it. And I said, look around. Is there anything you can't see? She said, no, it's all clear. So every single testable condition, according to their testimony, was healed. Um, we also had a woman who was completely blind. Um, when she came up, this was uh, prior to that, she came up and she had, um, uh, I asked her, how blind are you? She said, I can't see anything. I said, what's that mean? Is it all black? She said, well, it's just blobs. You know, I can see a little bit of light, little bits of color, but I can't make out anything. I can't see you. You know, she was carried up to me by the arm. And so I put my hands on her eyes and I said, what do you see? She said, I see you. I said, okay, uh, let's try again, ministered again. What do you see? She said, I see a guy in a black shirt about 10, you know, back there. He was about 10 feet away. Ministered again. She could read his shirt. Ministered again. She saw halfway back the sanctuary. Ministered again. She saw all the way out the back of the church, which (laughs) is about a football field in size. And so, I mean, Jesus will do this stuff. He's powerful. He loves you. He wants it. And if we'll just take him at his word and not strive and trust that his work is enough, we'll start to see results. Don't give up. Keep after it. That is a good word. And you know what? Before we leave the program today, Art, I just I would like for you to speak to those that are listening. And as people are getting this information and learning this teaching and they're praying for their families and they're praying for one another and they're learning how to do this, you know, sometimes they they may be like you and it may not work every time at first. Will you speak to those people and just let them know how do you how do you process what some people might consider a setback? Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's really easy. You know what the truth is, first and foremost. And, and realize that the process of seeking healing, you're seeking for Jesus to receive what he paid for, which means seeking healing is an act of worship. Whether you're seeking it for yourself, seeking it for someone else, that's, that pursuit of healing is an act of worship because you're seeking for Jesus to receive what he paid for. Now, until it happens, you know, and I've had times where people died on me of their condition. What do you do? How do you process out of that? Well, number one, you can bank on God's retribution. That's an injustice because Jesus paid for it and he didn't get what he paid for. And God loves to overcompensate for injustice throughout Scripture. Uh, Proverbs 631 says that if a thief is caught stealing, he has to repay seven times what he took. Uh, Job had... Satan took a whole bunch of stuff from Job, but God repaid him double and then gave him 140 years to enjoy it. I've had people say to me when they're not healed yet, they're like, well, maybe I'm just supposed to be like Job. I say, yeah, you are supposed to be like Job. Let's get healed and then have a long life and another, enjoying yeah. it. So, and then, you know, the other part is uh, just any setbacks or losses we face as we contend for miracles are the result of the thief. And he has to repay. So, you know, if, if the thief gains the upper hand, Jesus will make him regret it. I like to say anytime the devil thinks he's got the upper hand, he ends up shooting himself in the foot. So anytime tragedy happens, expect God to bless you and your family and restore your hope. And if you'll stand in faith on that stuff, I'm telling you, there's no way the enemy's going to win. I stepped into healing ministry and training people. I've trained tens of thousands of people to minister healing, and that's not to brag, but I want you to know this. It started with a woman in my church dying of cancer, and it raised all kinds of questions. And I sought Jesus and said, all right, that was an injustice. I want the devil to pay. And now I've seen thousands of miracles, and it's happening all over the world. 
That is amazing. Thank you so much, Art, for being with us today on Messianic Vision. Uh, We appreciate your ministry. We appreciate your gift. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get Art's brand new book, Healing Miracles for Your Family, and his three CD teaching series, Healing Miracles for Everyone. Sid? Don't miss Art Thomas's brand new book, Healing Miracles for Your Family, and his exclusive three CD teaching series, Healing Miracles for Everyone. Art teaches you principles for overcoming the unique challenges to ministering healing to yourself and others. He makes it so simple. So order Healing Miracles for Your Family and this exclusive three CD teaching series, Healing Miracles for Everyone by Art Thomas for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9475. Once again, that's offer number 9475. 